still not sure what I am. I'm just living my life, day to day. You should be out there helping people. You think I asked for any of this? I was put in some tank like an exotic fish. Came out with abilities. I just want to be left the hell alone. Well, that would be a waste. Harlem. Perpetual symbol of hope and prosperity. Too much happens in the shadows. People fear what they can't see. This place is our reputation, our legacy, our blood. Hit every businessman, squeeze them hard. Everybody wants to be the king. It is November the 27th, 2016. We are fresh off of Thanksgiving here in the United States, and we are back for episode number 26 of Discussing Who, and we are glad to be back. I think we've all eaten enough, and I'm going to ask that question to my co-host and someone who's always with us, Clarence Brown. So how, how was Thanksgiving? Uh, Thanksgiving for me was great, Kyle. You know, like all of us do, I ate a little bit too much. But, you know, that that is part of the season and you, you enjoy it while you can and then go back to normal <laughs> and try to survive the holiday. You know, I think I, I, I agree with you. And I think our friend Lee Shackelford is so consumed in Thanksgiving. We were having a conversation. For those of you listening, we were having a conversation with him as little as 30 minutes ago. But he has dropped back into space and time and probably gone back to thanksgiving day to eat some more so lee may be joining us but if he doesn't then blame it on thanksgiving and oops i think i went back just a little bit too far because i'm in our own uh episode oops uh that's what's supposed to happen Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Great times, though. Yeah. I enjoyed my holiday. You know, the only thing I don't like about Thanksgiving, which is pretty much now that you have Netflix and Hulu and whatever your streaming service you want to use or, or have or, or DVRs and all that good stuff, is 
you used to not have anything to watch on Thanksgiving if you don't <laughs> if you don't watch football. You know, I mean, day after Thanksgiving, the weekend for Thanksgiving, of course, you've got football, you know, left, right, and center. You've got the parades. But other than that, it's like someone uh, says, let's watch every episode of Fill in the Blank for the next 28, uh, 24, 48 hours, and that's all we're watching. So that's yeah. – that's, But you know what? what's so funny is that um, – since most people are well, not most people, but a lot of people are disconnecting from the normal television watching. I'm con- turning on channel three or channel twelve and just watching something. You know, I I saw no, didn't even get a hint of one Thanksgiving Day parade. <laughs> and it's funny that you just mentioned it because I didn't even hear nor saw any Thanksgiving Day parade at all. So that's just weird. Yeah, and I, I think and tell me if you're the same way with Thanksgiving Day parades when I was even in my teens, it was like kind of cool if you saw, oh, here comes the Marvel Comics float or here comes the whatever float or here's this singer or this group or whatever that you're watching. But now it's like uh, been there, done that, bought the T-shirt. Nah. Yeah, I wonder, is it age or is just the times are just changing a little bit? I don't know. Or maybe a combination of both. <laughs> yes, certainly. And, you know, speaking of, you know, times changing, um, you know, the time has changed here in the United States recently. It's getting darker earlier. And speaking of getting darker, it looks like in the next week or so, I think it may be even one day this week, um, this is, will be the first week of December. So darker meaning Rogue One for Star Wars is coming out. The Empire's building a weapon capable of destroying an entire planet. They call it the Death Star. We need to capture the plans if there's any hope of destroying it. We want to help. How many do I need? I'll be there for you. The captain said I had to. Charming. The power that we are dealing with here is immeasurable. I will not fail. The Imperial forces are converging on our present location. Take hold of this moment. The force is strong. Tell me you have a backup plan. Punch it. May the force be with us. Rogue One, a Star Wars story. Ready PG-13 in theaters December 16. Oh, yes. Have you been seeing the trailers? I uh, have. What, so what, what do, do you think? think? <laughs> uh, well, what personally... Well, let me just ask you first, are you a big Star Wars fan or do you remember the old movies or you're kind of just like sort of disconnected from it? Mm, I was a big Star Wars fan growing up, as in I remember, well, I don't remember going to see Star Wars in the theaters, even though I remember seeing Star Wars. Uh, I do remember going to see uh, Empire Strikes Back and I do definitely remember seeing Return of the Jedi, uh, I think I was about, well, that was 83, so I would have been about uh, almost to my 10th birthday, because I think that was released in May of 83, so I would have been almost 10 years old for Empire, no, I mean, not not Empire, Return of the Jedi, so yes, that, to answer your question, I was a very big Star Wars fan. What about yourself? 
Yeah, funny thing is, I've seen, you know, even though it's, what, 20 years removed when they re-released them, I've seen every movie in the theater um, when they first came out with the remastered editions, which I know are hated by a lot of people. (laughs) But I did go to the theater and I did see all of those as they got re-released. So, yeah, I've seen every Star Wars movie ever made up to this point i've seen it actually in a proper theater which is is great fun so yeah i'm kind of excited about this new movie we're going to get i mean as well known now this is just the the run-up until until how princess leia got the plans for the death star so that's what this story is all about and it seems very interesting um you know it's kind of funny as we go back and redo these movies or do prequels you know the the tech that we see in these seem far more advanced than what we had when the original movies came out, be it CG or, or just, you know, advanced movie making. So yeah, it, it's been kind of weird seeing some of these things and it's, it's, it's going to be a blast. I think I just hope it doesn't disappoint as much as the other prequels did. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, the only, you know, the only prequels of the, you know, the episode one, two and three, that I enjoyed was the third one. The first one, I wouldn't care to watch it again in the least. I mean, that one out of all of them was my absolute least favorite. But but the third one, ah, I you know it was it was it, it was pretty good. Um, you know, I just uh, go back and think about even the first three without the updated special effects. And I'm going to preface what I'm about to say with no disrespect to anyone listening who is a Star Trek fan. But if you go and, in my opinion, take Star Wars, episode four, or the you know first Star Wars movie from 77, and you take the Star Trek, the motion picture, and you compare them, not by story, not by characters, but on how dated they feel in 2016, I feel like... Star Wars seems to be a little more timeless, whereas Star Trek, the motion picture, seems a little bit more time-dated. What do you think? That might be true, and I'd have to go back and watch the uh, original uh, Star Trek movie again. Uh, It's been a while since I've seen it. So, yeah, I mean, but even my vision of what those old old movies are are probably not what they were when they first came out because they've been remastered and cleaned up so much, uh, which I think they have remastered some of the Star Trek films at this point. So maybe I need to go back and watch the remastered uh, Star Trek motion motion picture. And and I think they did the first few. So those may be worth going back and watching. Yep. And, you know, the most interesting thing that I notice every time I watch the first Star Wars is – the way that Luke and Leia were positioned as being their love interest almost. Yeah, and if yeah. You even go back and you look at the original uh, posters are very romanticized between the two of them. And all of a sudden by the third one, Oh, you're my twin sister. <laughs> yeah. And just the harking back, you said you enjoyed the third prequel uh, more than anything. Uh, I enjoyed it too. One of the things they did with the prequels that I really didn't like, which made it, uh, less enjoyable to me was they made the story convoluted and one of the things that made star wars so great was the simplicity of the story you know and when they went back and redid it and and had all this senate crap 
political drama stuff going on. Yeah, that was I, just I, I, too much. Yeah, yeah, way too much for just supposed to be a fun popcorn space movie, you know? And, and and when they tried to reverse it, saying, oh, well, the Empire was originally the Senate, which was originally good, but it became the imp. I mean, it was like. Yeah, it's too much topsy-turvy going on right. for, you know, for me anyway, you know. But then again, I, I get confused by the Bond films, so I'm not the, the biggest movie person. All right. Well, I'm, I'm going to give uh, I'm going to give a shocker here. Would you believe that I have never once watched a Bond film. What? In none of them. Absolutely okay. not one. Not even the one that has Timothy Dalton, the uh, you know Lord President from the End of Time. Not even him in it. Or Sean Connery, who you know is Sean Connery. I, I've not watched any of them. Okay, well I'm gonna go back and hit you with another shocker to say I've seen none of the old uh, Bond movies. When I say old, I'm talking pre Pierce Bronson. Is it Bron- Brosnan? Yeah, Brosnan. Yeah. Yeah. Pre pre uh, Pierce Brosnan. That was all Bun before my time. So you kind of think of it like uh, how we talk about the Doctor. So Pierce Brosnan was my Bun, and <laughs> he's the first one that was on the scene when I actually got into the movies. And you know, you had I think it was Golden Eye. He had a few films, and then we have Craig. Uh, dang it, what's his last name? Uh, uh, Daniel, Daniel Craig, Craig. Daniel yes, Craig, yeah, we have Daniel Craig, and which was in the new Star Wars movies by, movie, by the way. But we have the Daniel Craig Bonds, which the first one, uh, Casino Royale, is just awesome. You have to watch it. You have to watch it. The last two, last two or three, yeah, I can give a take. They were still good movies, but not my favorite. But certainly, uh, Casino Royale, I think you should watch. Cool. Well, you know, I might have to, considering the fact it is British and, you know, it seems like I have yeah. an affinity for everything. How are, dare you, man? Brit- exactly. <laughs> exactly. I mean, I, I, I wish Lee was on here so that he could say, you have never watched a Bond film. My oh, God, that's man. A great impression. <laughs> <laughs> I always said I wanted to grow up and be able to talk like Lee. So maybe maybe I've finally done it. I think you came pretty close with that one. <laughs> cool. All right. Well, um, you know, and I can't do it again. I was just, I guess, channel. I was looking at uh, his name on Slack and was like, okay, what would Lee say here? And then that's just, uh, <laughs> that just, you know, came to me. Uh, it was almost like I was caged in with the presence of Lee. Uh, speaking of, who are we talking about today, man? Ah, that, you know, speaking of being caged in, uh, we had originally said that we were going to review the first episode of Luke Cage. I think that was back episode around episode 20. And then we said we were going to break up the episodes into pieces. But, you know, life happens and that didn't happen. So what we're actually going to be doing tonight is reviewing the entire first season or talking about the entire first season of Luke Cage, the series. Sometimes if you want justice, you have to get it yourself. Wah! Hungry arms. Wah! Hungry arms. Give us the money. I don't like your tone. <laughs> have my word, ma'am. I've got you. Ooh, I'm from 
a city we're having, our heart is not suggested. I'm a maverick attacking backs, I'm a savage. I'm cleaning braces with tongue and vacuum. You wanna go to war? I'll take you to war. You might be bulletproof. The Harlemate. This city is supposed to represent our hopes and dreams. You have to fight for what's right every single day. Why don't you just tell us your name? So if you've not seen it, put us on pause, go out, get Netflix if you don't have it, and get it and watch Luke Cage and then come back, unpause this because there will be spoilers ahead. Oh, yes, certainly. We're going to dive in. Well, here's the biggest thing I remember from the last time we talked to Luke Cage, which was you had already seen, I think I was on maybe episode one. I don't even think I had gotten through it. To episode two yet and you were on about episode three four or five by that time and i remember when we were going through t- uh talking and i made the comment of the luke cage 1970s outfit <laughs> with the yellow shirt with the um you know the blue pants and the chain uh around his waist and i remember you laughing and I didn't get it at the time until I watched episode two or three and and saw that very episode. So what did you think of the uh, play on putting that old costume into the story? So just uh, kind of get audience in. I'm sure they've seen it already, but it shows the scene where he gets his powers, basically. And um, he's hooked up to this machine. And, you know, they do the whole heat infused uh, googly gop or whatever they do to, to give him his powers and uh, he breaks free and ironically he's wearing the thing on his head and the chains on his uh, wrist uh, I don't know about the chain around his waist I don't think I saw that in that scene but yeah he breaks free from the island and somehow I guess he swims to shore and I he, think so and he just grabs like a yellow blouse off <laughs> off a clothesline of all things and some pants and <laughs> It gets to this point to where he um, walks by a car and sees his reflection in the mirror. <laughs> and we see the iconic, you know, Luke Cage, how he looks in the 70s. <laughs> and he just says to himself, you look like a damn fool. <laughs> and takes it off and keeps walking. Which I, I just love that scene. That was one of my favorite scenes of the whole show. <laughs> yeah, I agree. It was almost like making fun of how absurd things were drawn back you know back then not just because it was the 70s but just the entire outfit of you know you had to have the the open chest to say okay well you know i'm really strong or or whatever (laughs) um and and almost the bell-bottom pants and the you know why did you need to have of all things a chain around your waist why couldn't you just have a belt around your waist yeah and I'm so glad like that little sequence didn't get, you know, it wasn't in any, in any promotional material that I saw. So I, I'm just glad that was buried, tucked away, and it was a nice throwback, and it was a very, very fun scene. <laughs> and the interesting thing, and I like when they do things to where chances are, and correct me if I'm wrong here, but if I had not have made that comment, you would not have associated perhaps that costume being his 70s costume just by watching it would that be would that I, be a, 
I think I had already seen some pictures just doing uh, precursory like Googling of Luke Cage and stuff before even, you know, the series even came out. I think I've seen pictures before that, but I do remember us talking about it. Um, but real quick, let me ask you, uh, going back to like Jessica Jones and Daredevil, were there anything in those series that you remember that kind of harkened back to the origins of the characters that maybe we didn't get by being a newcomer? I can't, I can't remember anything. I, I, well, I know that uh, Jessica Jones's best friend is uh, the same character that plays uh, Hellcat, Patsy Walker um in in the comics so she's actually a superhero in the comics called hellcat and so that's you know that's that's a a, you know an interesting uh you know tie-in you know there were other little easter eggs that you saw like for instance i i think it was the office across from matt murdoch's uh you know uh, office uh nelson and murdoch office and it says atlas something well there was a team i think in the 50s called atlas something or they retconned them because atlas is what marvel was called as a company before uh, if i'm not mistaken i think they were atlas at one time they were oh, timely really? at one time and they were atlas i think so there were you know there's been little bitty easter eggs like that i can just remember from you asking me but i can't yeah. really you know remember anything else off the top yeah, and it's so funny that um, that I don't get, it, there's a lot of things like that that I don't really get, you know, it's just over my head and probably over a lot of viewers heads just because they don't know the history of the uh, particular character. But the references I do get are anything they kind of throw toward the MCU movies or something that happened. You know, of course, we would get those. But I just hate that I miss out on those things that, you know, if you're not a diehard reader, you wouldn't even know about. But, you know, it's also in a way of you can learn those and go back and watch them again and then yeah. have that, oh, oh, now I get that. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Certainly true. Uh, especially some things you were telling me about um, when we were talking Jessica Jones, like the guy who was taking the, the military guy. You, you gave me some uh, information about him, the cop, not a military guy, but the cop that kind of went rogue at the end there. OK, you got to help me out there. Uh, the cop, oh, see, no, I can't remember his name, but he was, um, dang it. The cop that actually wound up in a hot, he wound up in a hospital. Yeah. I uh, remember him, but I don't remember anything yeah. special about him. Yeah. You gave me some background info and I hate I even brought it up, <laughs> but you did give me some, we can go back and listen to that episode eventually, but it, you did give some background info on actually who he was and, and you know, a little more. Uh, information about the program he was involved in actually so well you know what's uh, what's interesting is when uh you know you made a comment earlier saying you know it's it's sometimes hard to keep up with you know talking about this you know luckily and talking about that and all the things you have to remember and not remember you know luckily we live in an age where there is so much content out there that you no longer have just three television stations and that's it and no reruns you have so much to consume that you can basically sit here and go well tonight we're going to be talking about (laughs) what you know yeah so let me ask you we just talked about how you know we we're going back to the 70s look and feel of, of how luke cage was in this comic we got this one scene of him kind of throwing back to that 
Cottonmouth. I don't know what I was doing, but I kind of saw a picture of Cottonmouth in comic form. Uh huh. Is, is is he like a true super villain in a comic book? With no, I think I think with both Cottonmouth and the um, cousin, neither one of them were, um, you know, and even even the you know the character that came out later in in the story as being the bad guy from you know the overall story. I don't think they are the originals at per se as they were, you know, in, in the comic. And if you wonder what I'm doing, why I've lost a little bit of my um, concentration, I'm, I'm trying to look that up real quick because I want to uh, correctly say yay or nay or answer the question. Um, but, but no, the Cottonmouth, I think that that is not the same character as he was or you may have seen in the, uh, you know, in the story, because he was actually talking about Cottonmouth. He was first appeared in Power Man 18, June 1974, and he wasn't seen again, I don't believe, until like 2004 or 2005, something to that, uh, to that effect. Huh. So what are you saying? They like just changed this? You, no, I think I, I think. Are you saying that Cottonmouth? You, you are you talking about the one that looks more like a uh, a uh, a snake to some degree? No, 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 no. That's a uh, that's a uh, uh, striker that that you're mentioning right there. Let me let me just send you this picture. <laughs> All right, good deal. Maybe I have to edit this part out. Ah, I see it, I see it, I see it. Okay, I think that, yeah, that's from the 70s. So that would be how he looked. And maybe he did have the teeth like that in the 70s to have the, the you know, the the fangs looking. But that, yeah, that's definitely him from the 70s. So I guess that's how he looked. No, that's crazy. That's crazy. So uh, I guess with him and as well, um, uh, Diamondback slash Striker, they kind of went back to their roots, but again, this is a live action show. They tried to base, at least Diamondback in his case, tried to base him in some sort of reality versus, you know, going all comic booky with with it with his character's look or whatever. And I think that was smart. What do you think? Uh, I think it was. It was. I think it worked for this show, though. I still think his outfit looked a little hokey and was like a little matter of fact. You know, I got powers to type thing, but they did introduce it well with, you know, when he hit the cop and he like knocked the cop out when they were trying to implicate Luke Cage of this crime or whatever. Okay. Uh, I, I think they kind of eased into it. Uh, so I, I, I thought it, st- it worked well in the context of the show. All right. So so let's let's go back and, l- and talk about something that I actually was surprised that they did and surprised in a good way when when you first started watching, you're watching and you're seeing the uh, bad guy pretty much be, um, you know, Cottonmouth. That's that's the bad guy. He's yeah. got, you know, you've got his uh, cousin who is uh, pretty much a very shady <laughs> politician, which Alfred Woodard does a great <laughs> job as Mariah Dillard. Yes, yeah, she was fantastic. And she's actually... There, there was a black Mariah that was in the uh, comic 
that is the character that she was based off of. And if I remember correctly from the comic, her aunt that was raising her and her character, I think, were the... They took the comic character and made two different characters out of them. So I think that the aunt and or the aunt, aunt, whatever, and her <laughs> were the uh, same character. I think. Okay, that, that makes sense. And again, in the context of the story, they were trying to um, to portray to us, you know, we're, uh, with with uh, her and Cottonmouth being, being um, well, growing up in the same household and being cousins, I guess. Or the, yeah, cousins. So, I mean, I think it worked in the context of this story. And it kind of made them feel a little bit closer than I would have thought otherwise. You know, they kind of really tried to, to mail their relationship, which made it all the worse when we got to the point where uh, she actually takes Cottonmouth out, you know, which I thought was, was real weird and unexpected. Yeah, that that was where I was going with the, you know, the unexpected change that I was kind of glad that they did, considering the fact that it w- it changed whatever someone's expectation was of the overall story. But, you know, I'm sitting there expecting by the end of episode 13, Cottonmouth will either have gone to jail and got out of jail or, you know, or or something Cottonmouth would have gotten killed and she would have gone to jail. But the entire um, episode are, are seeing halfway through him get killed and then get killed by her you almost and tell me if you tell me if you kind of got this feeling when you're sitting there watching that particular episode and they show him being this i don't want to say sensitive but this artistic person he wasn't this gangster he wasn't this uh bad guy that uh he, he was portrayed to be for the first four or five episodes, but then you see him as being almost forced to become what he became. Did you get the feeling that something was going to happen to him or was that just completely out of left blue or left field? Um, you know what? I really didn't think anything was going to happen to him. Um, I, you know, with him playing the keyboard and then showing how he was forced to be a gangster and all this stuff when he didn't really want to be, I, I believe they were trying to make us have a connection with him, which I think worked, and it grounded him a lot. Uh, so when he got killed again, I really wasn't quite expecting that. But you know, they even alluded to in the show about how um, Alfred Woodard's character has been taking care of him her whole life and, and things like that. So, yeah, I don't know. I wasn't expecting him to be killed. But by the same token, I think I got a lot of, and I think they had to kind of bring it down at the end. But there was a lot of uh, big boss fatigue, and I don't know if that makes sense. But you know, first we had Cottonmouth, and then we see there's somebody behind him controlling the strings and then we see shades and then we see striker so i just got kind of tired throughout the series of there's always a bigger person behind the scenes doing something controlling what's going on and you know um it it just got a little tiring yeah i i agree with i agree with that and also um the only thing i didn't like in the in the luke story was you know, yes, you know, yes, he's on the run. Yes, you know, he was um, framed, etc., and so forth. But I, you know, I didn't like the fact of 
throughout the entire series, no matter what he did, the police were still trying to get him. You know, I, I didn't, and I know you had the councilwoman doing everything she could to spin it to her advantage and whatever, but you di- you didn't have him portrayed as a hero per se pretty much for the entire episode, I mean, for the entire series, because he's constantly on the run between Carl Lucas and Luke Cage. Yeah, it's funny that you mentioned that, because it, it seemed like as soon as you said that, it made me think of the Tobey Maguire first Spider-Man movie that came about, out in the early 2000s. You know, they thought of, the cops thought of him as a bad guy. And when you think back, what, 16 years or whatever it is now, looking back at that, uh, it just seems weird that they would think that he was a bad guy versus looking at them thinking Luke Cage is a bad guy. You know, I think they still have some, they have valid reasons to think that Luke Cage did stuff. Even though he's framed, he's, he still was a fugitive that left prison. So, okay, you're not going to trust him. And just compare that to back in the day when we had Spider-Man, you know, and, and the cops going after him or thinking he's a vigilante when he was like, so golden compared to Luke Cage. If I think if you really, really try to compare the two and what they were doing uh, and why they were doing what they were doing. So I don't know. I, I it, it did get a little tiring by the 10th episode. You're still seeing they're trying to go out there and when he's very obviously trying to do the right thing, but still <laughs> the law is the law. I, I, I quote Donald Trump. <laughs> True. <laughs> Either we have laws or we don't. All know? right. So I, <laughs> well, now, now let me ask you this. Tell me what you think of this um, revision to the origin. In the comic, he, he was still wrongfully imprisoned. He was still uh, the same person. His brother or half brother framed him, just like in you know, just like in the show. It was same same for the comic. He on the flip in the comic, he volunteers for this procedure to get out of jail. Whereas in the comic, I mean in the series, he doesn't volunteer. It's uh, could have pretty much kind of, um, you know forced upon him so what do you think about the difference there you know what i didn't like about that whole sequence you know they forced him to fight which they kind of alluded to they might let him out a little give him a lesser sentence but they never really they, they they were clearly intending on keeping him there forever to make money i guess uh so i didn't like that and i also didn't like the fact that the his his um eventual wife how they showed that she was a bad i'm not gonna say bad person but she wasn't she was still in the in the experiment phase she she kind of lured him on she didn't she wasn't totally truthful with him from the beginning which i thought that like just totally and maybe it was meant to it totally changed my opinion of her which i didn't like that because i i i like thought that she was like this very nice person that really helped them and was a true friend, a true wholesome wife. <laughs> and maybe that's my shortcoming. I don't know. Yep. And you know, I, I, you know, I, I get that. And that, and that, that definitely makes sense. So let me ask you this. What do you, what did you think of Misty? 
Misty, I thought she was fine. I really didn't have any problems with her. Uh, I still want to know, and maybe we'll see this, or maybe you can tell me, or maybe we'll see this in the next uh, uh, season that comes out, her whole vision detective thingy where she can sense a scene and tell exactly what's going on and where people were positioned and relive or reconstruct an event. Is that a thing from the comics or is that totally a, a TV show invention? Sure. Uh, now, to, uh, if you would, I accidentally hit the wrong button. So if you could tell me that last uh, thing you asked, and because I accidentally muted myself. So what was that question one more time? So um, with Misty, was she is her ability to reconstruct a scene, a detect when she was trying to figure out a crime scene and what was going on? Uh, was that a TV show invention or? No, I don't was even think. I, I just think she was doing that during uh, the uh, show. Her actual, and I thought that they uh, were going to do this in the show, especially after she got uh, shot was I thought they were going to have to do something to her arm. In the comics, she is a cyborg. And uh, she or she has a, uh, um, you know, robotic arm that she, uh, ah. you know, she has a bionic arm, basically. And so that was how they uh, g- gave her a little bit of strength, which, interestingly enough, that costume she had on in the very last episode is what she looked like in the actual uh, comic or comic of today. So I thought that was kind of a good throwback. So, I mean, well, do you do you think they were trying to make that a superpower, though? Or was that just how they were showing how she actually deconstructs a crime scene? No, I don't think me, that. I don't think to me that it looked like was. It was go ahead. No, go ahead. No, 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 go ahead. I said to me, it was like they were trying to make it a superpower or something, which I never fully understood. Yeah, I didn't. I, I honestly didn't see it as a superpower. I just thought, hey, she's a detective. She's a good detective. I didn't see it per se as a superpower. Okay, that makes sense. So let me ask you this: What did you think of Shades? Uh, I could give or take. He was okay. Um, of course, he played a big role near the end of the of the, the series when he was actually uh, working with uh, Alfie Wood's character. So I thought he was fine, but. You know, I always have a problem when there's a lackey following a big boss. And, you know, you you eventually always have the problem of the person under them trying to take over and become number one. So we kind of got a little bit of that. But overall, I thought he was fine. You know, uh, nothing special. He, well, see, he here, was okay. here, here was my thing with him. I didn't see him as much as a lackey as I saw him as being almost as a, like a chess player. Because if you go back and you look, he played even to the point of having uh, uh, Mariah, ki- you know, kill to some degree. He, he set the ball in motion to put her in the right place at the right time so that he doesn't have to kill Cottonmouth. You know, and then he is supposed to be killed himself and then that doesn't happen. So, you know, there's there's so much going on there that I saw him as being a good manipulator of events or playing chess to put the people in the right places so that in the end he's got pretty much something on her, but yet he's still almost in control, but not in control. 
Yeah, which what you just stated is my main problem with his character, though. He does all this manipulating chess piece moving, but by the end of it, he's not really any better off than he was before. You know, so all that to what end? You know, I, I really don't know. Well, you know, good good point, and you know, I just I just uh, here's my favorite things thing about Shade Shades was when the night nurse uh, broke the. Um, shades you know when she stepped on the stage state uh shades excuse me that was really cool yeah yeah i don't know <laughs> yeah he was he was okay i guess i this wasn't my one of my favorites well I'm, i want to ask you a question about striker slash diamondback okay in, in in the comics is he actually luke's cage's brother i believe he is i believe okay. he is uh okay. if i remember correctly and i'm not going to look it up but I, I believe that he is and he um you know was another character that was introduced in the 70s that really wasn't uh to my knowledge uh that big of a a role for him the biggest thing that i remember about luke cage is his partnership friendship with uh iron fist because that has pretty much been the entirety of the luke cage uh story for the most part until uh the creation of jessica jones was his uh business partnership with uh danny rand who is of course um you know iron fist and so it's interesting that they introduced luke separately completely as if they've never even met and i'm going to assume they don't meet until we have you know the defenders yeah and um I'm, <laughs> it's funny i'm just thinking like diamondback cottonmouth there, is there a running theme of snakes or something <laughs> in luke cage <laughs> yeah I, I, you know that's that, there is a and I, i'm not joking here there is something called the serpent society in uh DC, I mean, in Marvel, and it's wow. v- villains who are uh, themed after guess what? <laughs> snakes, of course. Oh, wow. snakes! Yep. Um, so that so that there's even something called the Serpent Crown, um, which I think is something completely different, or it may be connected. That I'm not sure. So the next thing we've got, if I'm not mistaken, out of Marvel on Netflix, is it going to be Defenders, or will it be? Iron Fist, do you know? Uh, I'm thinking Iron Fist and then maybe the Punisher before we get um before we get the Defenders. I'm not sure, but we we've already seen a trailer for Iron Fist and um and the Defenders, which I don't think was a true trailer. We just saw like some some scene painting of some text. It wasn't really a, any any action. So I don't know if if we'll actually get that one first or Punisher because I know they started shooting Punisher already, I believe. So I don't know. I and don't I know. would and I would think and it may not be so, but I would think that you would see you would see Iron Fist as a separate entity before you would see the Defenders. Yeah, I would think so as well. I would think so as well. I was just going to ask, do you want to give us any background info info about the Defenders? I think we may, may have briefly just brushed on them before. Uh, and I, I remember you saying that this Defenders in the Netflix universe is, is a lot different than what the Defenders were uh, in the comics. Well, they would be uh, a lot different considering 
that the defenders in the comics, the original defenders in the comics, were the Silver Surfer, the Incredible Hulk, Doctor Strange, and Namor, the Submariner. Wow, those are some heavy hitters, man. Yeah, very heavy hitters. (laughs) And it was the defenders' concept originally was the team without a, a team, meaning they came together and they had an adventure or whatever, but it wasn't like the Avengers, the Avengers had a mansion, you know, the Avengers had a butler, the Avenger, I mean, the, the Avengers, you know, had a roster. And for the most part, they all lived in the mansion. And, you know, it was, you know, this big, you know, team, the X-Men lived at the Xavier Institute, the Fantastic Four lived in the Baxter building, you know, they were a team. Uh, Whereas the Defenders, not so much. You know, they came together when there was, ne- as an, there was a necessity, and then they went their separate ways. They came together, went their separate ways, you know, so forth, so on. So there wasn't like, well, here on our official team roster. <laughs> so do you think, has there been any blowback from the community that they've totally changed what the Defenders are? Or has there been a similar move in the comics as well? Well, I will answer that by saying there is no such thing right now as a Defenders comic. Wow, really? Yeah, and there, you know, there have been Defenders comics on and off over the years, but pretty much for the last 10 or 15 years, there's not been a Defenders comic. So having said that, uh, you know, I I don't think there would be any blowback because there's no such thing. Uh, do you think they'll bring that coming back out now that we have, an, you know, somewhat of an official team? Uh, <laughs> what do you think? Uh, I, I think they knowing how Marvel has done, you know, and you've talked about it, how they how they try to get their comics kind of in line with what, what's going on in the movie slash TV verse. I think they might try it. I think they will, too. I mean, really and truly, I think I mean, and you're right. You've, you're you're spot on. I, I really, th- you know, think that that's. Absolutely what they're going to do. Absolutely. Well, here's, here's um, you know, I've got one closing thing about uh, the Defenders comic and the um, whole uh, Luke Cage um, series as a whole. But I'll ask you, so what would you consider, you know, what, was this enjoyable? Did you, did you enjoy it? What did you think of the series? I enjoyed it. Um in the grand scheme of things, it was a lot heavier than I thought it would be. But I mean, you got to look at the other Marvel properties that are on Netflix. Are those are as also way heavier than you thought think they would be? So I, I think it does fall in line with what we already have on Netflix. Uh, again, very heavy, um, very graphic for a Marvel show. Maybe one of the most graphicals we've seen so far. Um, you know, and they hit a hit on a lot of themes that are um, very timely to what's been going on in America over the past few years. And, you know, I think it's a good thing for us as far as um, like, again, like one of my favorite parts of the show uh, is when he everybody's wearing the hoodie with the bullets in it, you know, right. <laughs> everybody's saying I am Luke Cage, you know. 
Uh, and I thought that was great. I thought it was a great message for what's going on in our country. And, you know, thank goodness a lot of that stuff has died down over the past year. Well, six months, it, had, it hasn't been as prevalent as it has been in a prior year and a half, two years. So, you know, I think it, there's a lot of underlying message in the themes of the show, uh, as well as, you know, hits on a lot of things that are going on um, in our country today. And I thought Luke Cage is a good character. I'm not going to say he's one of my favorites, but uh, I think he can be, you know, I, I'm very anxious to see what how they continue to develop him in the Defenders and maybe even in Jessica Jones again and, and so on. So, yeah, I'm, I'm glad I got to see the series and I, I can't wait to see more. Well, you know, here's 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 my take. And, you know, again, I agree with everything that you just uh, said. So I'm going to play the lead role here. And, you know, I, I remember the two of you always agreeing with each other. Well, I'm going to agree with you. Uh, one thing I do like about what Marvel is doing with Netflix as a whole, they are taking characters that do not require a lot of visual special effects uh, to show their powers. I mean, yes, you know, several of the people in here had powers per se but i think you strip away the power and the whole especially this one the whole luke cage story you, you take out the superpowers out of it and on some level that story still works you know you yes. you know yes. he can still be framed he can still get out of prison he can still take a different name you know he can still be followed you know all of those elements could you know remain in so that you know i give a you know a very you know thumbs up or whatever five stars for um i'm interested to see where they go with the defenders you know and i'm sure if they keep making money for them there'll be you know more seasons i just hope that if they don't have a story to tell and this is whether it's him or if it is a uh, defender story or a daredevil or whomever that if they do that um, then I think that it would be advantageous to um, go ahead and stop the story but I agree but I agree. but one thing that I won't do want to do before uh, I say my final comment if you'll just bear with me just one moment is um Hold on just one quick second. Is one last thing. All righty, so let me try a few things here. Uh, see if I can get this to work make a few changes here and oops I think I went back just a little bit too far because I'm in our own uh, episode oops uh, that wasn't supposed to happen so let me try this and see if I can get Lee uh, see here oh, let me try this Hold on. One more thing, let me try this and see. Ah, I think this has it. 
you were wondering why I was fumbling there for a second, I was trying to like bend the laws of physics and Marvel and DC before I gave my final recommendation. And I wanted someone here to uh, enjoy my final recommendation, which was our one and our only Lee Shackelford. I'm the only one there is. And I'm the only one there is. <laughs> hey, you would be proud of me, Lee. Uh, I said something earlier in this episode, and Clarence said, you sounded just like Lee. <laughs> <laughs> he did give his best Lee Shackleford impression, and it was, it was pretty impressive. It and was, I couldn't I, do it again, but I was like, yes. uh, I was like, I channeled you there for a moment. And I, and I said, well, I've always said I wanted to grow up and sound like Lee. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Lee, we've been talking about the Luke Cage series, and yes, I know you haven't seen it all, which, so. which I know you've not seen. So, I've, but I, but I wanted to wait and give my final comment before we close the show, and I wanted you to be here because a this was so much more uh, fantastic than Superman versus Batman could have ever been. Any Marvels, <laughs> any Marvel show, uh, even the upcoming Inhumans will be better than uh, the um, Batman versus Superman. Which is our phrase coming from you. Dawn of boredom, (laughs) even. Exactly. But uh, here's my final comment. Carol Danvers was not in it. Yes. Exactly. (laughs) That's all it takes, really, to make you happy these days. Yes. Yes. No (laughs) Carol Danvers. Yep. She Uh, is evil. So no, we've had we've had fun, and we uh, we were glad you know we could get you on, if not for a minute or two. Um, so I, I will ring back or, or go back to the beginning. We talked briefly about uh, Rogue One, Star Wars. So tell me, are you interested? Are expectations for it? Are looking forward to seeing it? I am so ready for Rogue One. I, it could be if it opened tomorrow, I would uh, go. Get in line now. Cool, cool. Yeah. Well, I think that will be something we'll probably all three go see and be talking about it on an upcoming episode. So, um, to Clarence, is there anything else you're working on before we end? Uh, nothing exciting. Just happy to wrap up another show. Good deal. Good deal. Well, this will probably be episode 26. And, you know, I'm going to stop saying what the future uh, episodes (laughs) are going to be because we had intended 26 to be Power of the Daleks, but it's being played weekly. So we can't, uh, you know, do that at one time. But is it it true it's not being played in the UK? It's only on uh, BBC America? No, I saw comments. I think they played it on the 5th of November in the UK and probably in its entirety. I'm not sure, but I think so. Ah, Dave Cooper, if you're listening, uh, send us a message and let us know. We know you've watched it. And actually Dave and Ian are both on Skype right now. So I I think they're probably uh, recording their power of the Dalek show. Ah, There you go. As we speak. Well, I do know um, I was going to ring in this afternoon because I know that's the last Sunday of the month for the Cultdom Collective, which they were talking about class. And I was like, I haven't seen it yet. I don't want to. I don't want to. So I didn't ring in. <laughs> but, um, you know, who knows? Maybe we will bend space and time again like I did to get you into this episode. Lee, we, maybe we can have class before 2017. Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? All right. Well, Clarence is, if you will let everybody know 
how to get in touch with us, that we will uh, do that and close out the show. Yes, visit the website, DiscussingWho.com, as well as at DiscussingWho on Facebook, as well as Twitter. And also go on iTunes and subscribe to the podcast uh, so you can get a fresh episode without having to do anything. Leave us a comment. Leave us a review. Uh, we enjoy that. So, yeah, just stay connected. Also, leave us a voicemail at uh, 805-850-DWHO or drop us an email at discussingwho at gmail.com. All right, good deal. And with that, we are out of here. You've been listening to the Discussing Who podcast. Discussing Who is made by fans for fans. No copyright infringement is intended. Show us your fans of the show by liking us on Facebook, following us on Twitter. You can find us on the web at www.discussingwho.com. Want more Discussing Who? Find us on iTunes, Google Play Music, Player FM, the Doctor Who Podshock Alliance, and more. Send us your feedback to discussingwho at gmail.com, or if you'd like, simply record a voice message and send that to us via your smartphone, tablet, or computer. We want to hear from you.